This week's three topics, content management in the age of misinformation, has employee surveillance gone too far, and AI is coming for your job, PR people. It's now crunching copy for brands. The date is Sunday, August 22nd, 2021. The time is 2200 hours, and you're listening to episode number 13 of Communicate for Effect. You're listening to the Communicate for Effect podcast, covering the strategies and tactics of digital communication. This is the place for a quick weekly download of news, tips, and information to help you become a more effective digital communicator. Now, here's your host, Mike Nicholson. So a good Sunday evening to everybody out there. I'm Mike Nicholson. Um, I'm going to start with an article by Andrea Malik Malik on fighting the misinfodemic. That misinformation, it's a hell of a drug. So right now, 2,000 people a week in the U.S. are dying from COVID. And 99% of them um, are, are those who did not get a vaccine. MIT did a study that said false news spreads more rapidly on Twitter than real news does. No surprise there. So how do you fix it? So in her article, she identifies three areas to look at. So the first is the social media platforms. You know, it's their algorithm, their platform. So they have a huge part to play in this. Uh, Second is subject matter experts need to craft clear messages and advise the public on how to detect bad information. So I will add that those subject matter experts, in my experience, really need someone, a a good communicator, to help them craft their message. You can have some really intelligent people that have a great depth of knowledge on their topic, but they are not very good at communicating what they know to the average person. So third, she says, is consumers. Media experts and social scientists are advising public consumers to limit their exposure to media, to be more discerning about what they're consuming and reflect on its potential val, uh, value or damage. I, I found it interesting that for-profit cable news channels were not one of the three areas she identified. Uh, so what are the implications for content management professionals? So in this, she identifies three things. First, Engage in the discussion to find the right balance between open discourse and censorship. Number two, the truthfulness of content within our stewardship is a dimension of quality. And three, for those who argue that identifying and controlling misinformation is a threat to their freedom of expression, that freedom is already measured by its impact on the public welfare, even on privately owned platforms, for example, hate speech, incitement to violence. Uh, she likens this last one to, you know, safety inspections who are welcome to inspect food and water. So why not some kind of oversight on information safety? At the end of the article, though, she has a section called a framework for managing misinformation, but it's not really a framework. It's just really a, a couple of questions to ask. Who is the best person to identify misinformation? or should tech giants hire third-party fact-checkers? And what are triggers for response by social media platforms or when a viral, you know, when a story goes viral and draws complaints? 
honestly, this article seemed a little incomplete to me. Um, it, it talked to policymakers calling for a coordinated response to misinformation. Talked about the high cost of misinformation. Yep, you know, we get it. Uh, I think it didn't really go beyond a very simplistic overview. Uh, missed some contributors, uh, contributors to misinformation. And it didn't really provide a framework to manage it at the end. Um, if you're telling me that you have a framework, I'm, I'm looking for something like a practitioner would use, you know, a series of steps, tools, a process to go through as a content manager. So Katie Thorndike wrote an article about employee surveillance. The, the fact that an employer is watching your keystrokes to me is not that shocking, but you know, I've worked in the military and the government my whole life. Uh, but some info to kick this one off. Uh, says, since the beginning of the pandemic, surveillance software has tripled to keep an eye on remote workers. Nearly 50% of employees would rather take a pay cut than deal with being watched by their employer. And many workers think their employees have crossed an ethical line when it comes to surveillance in remote workspaces. So sales of employee surveillance software being tripled during the pandemic, I assume because many of us have gone to telework and the employer is probably wanting to, to make sure that they're paying their employee to work as opposed to you know just jumping on the daily office Zoom calls and then skipping the rest of the workday. If that's the case, you know, you probably have a hiring problem and that seems valid because there's a survey in this, this article that says, um, 50% of bosses said they don't trust their people to work without in-person supervision. So how do employers monitor their employees? Uh, they monitor keystrokes, uh, they record you through your laptop, which I think is, you know, common practice for Microsoft Teams and Zoom calls. But there was also a video conference platform in here called Sneak, I hadn't heard of that one, that takes photos of employees every one to five minutes. Um, and, you know, they monitor your social media accounts. Microsoft Teams uh, received some bad press maybe five, six months ago um, over their surveillance settings. In addition to what was previously mentioned, I know they were they're measuring privacy settings, device types, timestamps, and number of you know messages a user posted in private chats. Uh, they said they were doing it for the health benefits and to ensure employees you know weren't getting burned out. Uh, so, you know, so they said, but those employees using Teams didn't really like that much when these features were introduced. So in the article, they say, so what is legal and ethical in the workplace? Quote, as a general rule, employees have little expectation of privacy while on company grounds or using company equipment, including company computers and vehicles, said Matt C. Pinsker, an adjunct professor of Homeland Security and Criminal Justice at Virginia Commonwealth University. The article says what they found is that a lot of organizations don't actually tell employees that they're being monitored. And if they're being monitored, they, they don't tell them when, how, or in what context they're being monitored. So, so for me in this article, my takeaway is one, if you're an employer, 
first, you need to look at your hiring practices if you don't trust your employees. And number two, uh, you need to tell your employees if you're monitoring them in some way. You know, be open, be transparent. If you're not, you could have an internal issue that could quickly turn to an external perception issue when those disgruntled employees take to social media to vent and to complain. Finally, AI is being used to produce everything from Instagram captions to blog posts. So Ryan Barwick talks with Copy.ai co-founder and chief technology officer Chris Liu about their product. So Copy.ai and other AI-enabled copywriting companies like Jarvis and Copysmith are built on OpenAI's GPT-3. Don't know what that is. This is one of the most advanced language model uh, models out there, I guess. Um, I've given some of these AI sites a test drive, and they're quite impressive, actually. Um, Chris Liu is quoted saying, quote, we try to give you the first draft. Content creation is a treadmill. You've got to make a lot of it. It has to be relevant, and it has to be on brand, end quote. In the article, they asked software to to make a few Facebook headlines and posts for a made-up brand called Ryan's Lemonade, the author. Um, what they did is they provided the keywords lemonade, sweet, tart, fresh. And this is what the AI produced. First one, it's so good you'll want seconds. With the history of providing quality fruit drinks, Ryan's continues on with their new line of lemonades. From sweet and tart to a hint of fresh, Ryan's is bound to quench any thirst. The second one was cool, refreshing, pure and natural lemonade sweetened only with real sugar, not high fructose corn syrup. And then the third one was nothing is as refreshing as Ryan's. Have you ever felt like you were in paradise? Everyday life is a bit harder uh, than we wish it to be. Lemon Ryan's is the perfect perfect amount of all things good made by real people in the sun-drenched hills of California. $5 for a gallon? No. Let's make that two. <laughs> so if, if you're if you're writing content, uh, I would take a look at some of these AI software uh, that's available right now. They're not that expensive and they're actually pretty good. So that's a wrap for number 13. Sure to win today. Um, if you have any questions or comments for me, just go to 46alpha.com, shoot me a note. You can subscribe to the last 24 daily news summaries or follow the Flipboard magazine if you want to get more articles that I find interesting on digital comms, marketing, technology. So again, I'm Mike Nicholson, and let's do this again next week. Thanks for listening to Communicate for Effect, a 46 Alpha podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to receive your podcasts. You can find all this and much more at 46alpha.com.